Hey everybody, so here we are back again, and believe it or not, uh, according to the count, uh, this is episode 99, can you believe that? Episode 99, um, so for this episode I'm going to be doing Smackdown and Rampage, since they both fell on the same day, and like I said, this will be the first episode where I do a Smackdown and Rampage in the same night, so uh, let's get right to it. Alright, so Smackdown on Friday, um, we started out with Ricochet and Happy Corbin. Uh, this was a great match to start out SmackDown. Uh, very high energy, very good to set the tone for SmackDown and everything. Lots of high spots from Ricochet, um, Happy Corbin up to his usual heel stuff. And, uh, you know, Ricochet ends up getting the win. And, of course, we always we also, after the match, uh, we get Pat McAfee continuing to... Uh, you know, make fun of Corbin doing the old work on the Telestrator and and all the things. It was just it was just a great way to start SmackDown. So Ricochet getting the uh, getting the victory over Happy Corbin. Uh, then we have an interesting segment between Street Profits and Hit Row. Um, I I just you know just for a split second you know I just I just thought man you know Hit Row and Street Profits they kind of gel well together and I thought just for a second I was I don't think it'll actually happen. But uh, nor do I, you know, I, I guess it really doesn't matter to me whether it happens or not anyway. But I just thought for a second, I was like, well, what if the Street Profits became part of Hit Row since, you know, Hit Row doesn't have, you know, Swerve Strickland anymore because he's in AEW. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I think I think Street Profits can hold their own as their own tag team. They don't really need to be part of a faction. But, you know, if, if they ended up being part of Hit Row, I, I certainly wouldn't hate it. It would be pretty cool because I think they have a similar vibe to one another. Um, so I think they'd compliment one, one another, but I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see it happening, but who knows? Maybe it could happen. I don't know. Um, so the running theme next, we get the first part of the Drew McIntyre, the Drew McIntyre redemption story or comeback story, if you will, uh, where he's talking about his early days and, you know, WWE and how he was coined as the chosen one, but it kind of, you know, failed miserably the first time around. And, and, you know, some of that footage was really bringing me back, you know, to 2010, all that stuff. And, you know, it's amazing how, it's amazing how young McIntyre looked back then. And, you know, he was clean shaven and, and all that stuff. And, you know, based on what he looks like now. So, um, yeah, they were, uh, and you know, the way they're promoting this whole thing, the way they've been promoting this whole thing, I, I, I honestly don't know how Drew McIntyre can lose in Cardiff. I really don't know how he's going to lose. And, you know, the rumors have all been speculating that, you know, Drew is going to be the person that dethrones Roman Reigns. The only thing I think is kind of interesting, though, and I've been reading this, too, and I don't know why this is even being discussed, because, you know, as far as on the shows, I would feel like they would have to set this up if it was anything. But they're saying something that, you know, Drew McIntyre might only take one of uh, Roman Reigns' titles and not both. And I'm like, well, wouldn't you have to set up something like that? Like only put one one of the titles on the line? But as far as I know, it the the match on Saturday, this coming Saturday, is uh or or I should say based on this SmackDown it'd be next Saturday, September third. Um, you know, it it seems like both titles are on the line, the undisputed uh, universal championship. So I don't even know where that rumor's coming from. And honestly, as a fan, if they were to do that where they would just give uh drew one of the titles without no without any build-up or anything or any even explaining that i would think that would be kind of a disappointment in my opinion so 
I don't think that's going to happen in my opinion. But, you know, like I said, I'm just a fan, not an inside guy. So maybe there's something going on on the inside that we don't know about. But I, I would I would say as a fan talking to the people on the inside that if you're going to do that, you better set something up. Like, don't just do that out of the blue. That's kind of in my in my retrospect. I hate to use this word, but that would be kind of stupid. It would be really stupid, actually. Um, so, but now the other thing I'm thinking about too, you know, because, uh, you know, you still got Mr. Money in the bank, you know, Austin theory, which I hear he's getting his first name back. So congratulations to him. Triple H is going to give him his first name back. Cause I absolutely could not stand the name just theory. And I'm sure that was a Vince McMahon thing, Bruce Pritchard thing. So I, I didn't like that. So I'm glad he's getting his first name back, but, um, you know, there's a way that WWE could pull this off where you still let uh, Drew McIntyre have the victory, but at the same time, you kind of give him, you know, you kind of give him triumph and heartbreak in the same night. And I wouldn't think it would be a little bit similar to the 2013 version where you had Daniel Bryan win the title from John Cena only to have Triple H, you know, pedigree him in the ring and then Randy Orton comes in and cashes money in the bank. I could almost see something similar, except this time... Um, you would have a similar situation to where, you know, Drew would upset uh, Roman and then Austin Theory would come down and cash in on uh, on on uh, on Drew after maybe a Usos beat down. But then I also thought it could be another way he could be he could be beat by Austin. And it comes to my next guy. Uh, so Karrion Cross and Scarlett have a promo right after the first part of the Drew McIntyre story. And Karrion Cross is talking like how Drew's time is up and, you know, he can put the, his hand in the back of his head and make his accomplishments and sing like nothing. So I could see, I could see how this would go down. You know, Drew, Drew McIntyre, uh, beats Roman and then maybe not only gets a, maybe not even gets a beaten from, uh, the Usos. Maybe, maybe somehow Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are involved in that and, and, uh, uh, you know, take out the Usos and stuff, and then Roman, you know, gets out of the way or something, and then Karrion Cross comes down and severely beats Drew, and then after he severely beats Drew, that's when Austin uh, Austin Theory uh, cashes in Money in the Bank. But like I said, that's all. I still don't know if they're going to make Austin Theory cash in that soon. I mean, it, it seems like kind of a big thing to do, but I mean, they are you know they are hyping this uh, hyping this play uh, this pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever you're going to call it, Clash of the Castle. So they probably want to have some, uh, some big time surprises and stuff. And, and I'm not sure. I mean, they probably may be even trying to make it, uh, you know, top SummerSlam. So who knows? Um, so the next up we have the fatal four way second chance, uh, tag team match for the women's tag team tournament. Uh, and it was Dana Brooke and Tamina, Shotzi and, and Zia Lee, Nikki A.S.H., and Dewdrop, and Natalia and Sonya Deville. Uh, Natalia and Sonya Deville end up getting the victory, which is kind of weird because if you look at the bracket, Natalia and Sonya lose to um, Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane after J.C. Jane, J.C. Uh, Gigi Dolan replaced Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. 
And then what's really funny is they end up still in the winning bracket, winning this match. So the 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 bottom, if you look at the screen, the bottom when when they're showing the graphic for the tag team tournament, if you look at the bottom right hand of the screen and you look at that bracket, it looks kind of weird. It it looks like you know they lost before, but now they're back. It, it's weird. It's just really weird. So so anyway, Natalia and Sonya get the victory uh, to meet. Um, Raquel Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah later in the night. Um, Now, the one thing that was interesting is Nikki A.S.H. I thought was uh, legitimately hurt in this match. Uh, If you watch where she was suplexed by Dana Brooke off the top rope onto everybody else, her foot came down wrong. And I can't remember whether her foot actually hit hit the ground or it hit the barricade. But it came down wrong, and it looked like it looked like it was a twist. And oddly enough, she was the one that was pulled back in the ring because she was the legal competitor. And Sonya, you know, uh, Sonya pinned her for the one, two, three. But it, it was kind of interesting. Like I thought she was legitimately hurt because I thought I saw video footage later, like on social media, that showed them carrying her out of the arena. And like I said, it could have been a work. Maybe it was a legitimate injury. I'm not sure. Um, but later in the night, when Sonya Deville and Natalia are giving a promo about their upcoming match with Raquel and Aaliyah. You see in the background Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H., you know, fighting about their loss and, you know, having a big disagreement. And like I said, I don't know, maybe it was somebody was holding her up because you can't really see her legs or anything because they're behind boxes and stuff. But uh, it seemed like Nikki A.S.H. was standing up on her own two feet pretty well, like I said, unless it was just an illusion because, you know, they can do illusions back there, especially if you don't see the bottom half of her, you know, somebody could have been like, like I said, holding her up. Um, but I'm just interested if that was a legitimate injury or not. And if it, obviously if it was, I hope she, uh, hopefully recovers soon and it's back in action. And hopefully, like I said, she and she and Dewdrop get a repackage. I'd, I'd like her honestly to go back as Nikki cross, but we'll see. And Dewdrop, of course, go back to Piper Nevin. So, um, so anyway, like I said, we'd see that, uh, semifinal match later on in the night. Uh, the next match, this was, this was classic. The Brawling Brutes, which of course is Seamus, um, uh, Ridge Holland and Butch, AKA, uh, Peter Dunn or Pete Dunn, uh, having a, having a promo in the middle of the ring with Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. Um, Seamus, of course, is going after the Intercontinental Championship to complete his collection and be the ultimate Grand Slam champion because he will, I think, at that point have held every title. Not to say he'd be the only superstar that's ever done it, but he'd be the next superstar, obviously, to do it. And there's not a whole lot of them that have done that. I mean, uh, there's not a lot of people that will would have whole, held, you know, both world championships, uh, both mid-card championships, I think both tag team titles, yeah, there's not a lot of them out there that have done that. In fact, um, um, well, like I said, Sheamus did hold a world championship, but he never held a universal championship. So anyway, but anyway, if he gets the Intercontinental title, he he you know he showed the picture on social media of his collection, quite a quite an impressive collection. Uh, he wants to add the Intercontinental title. Uh, what I thought was interesting about this is. So Gunther and Sheamus had an ultimate stare down. It was awesome. They were just standing there still, just not not breaking eye contact. And in the meantime, Butch and Ludwig Kaiser are fighting all around them. Rich Holland's even a little bit involved in it. And they did not move until uh, Ludwig and Butch comes back in the ring and, you know, accidentally runs into them. And then they separate them and leave the ring. But, um, but the stare down was just epic. I, I, I loved it. It was great. Um, 
that and that was that was pretty entertaining. I think the crowd thought that was pretty entertaining as well. Um, so then we're getting ready for the semifinal tag team match. Bailey and Dakota and EO are back on SmackDown, except this time, instead of being in the crowd, they're going to be on commentary. And they were doing commentary, and Bailey is still by, uh, uh, totally giving Michael Cole a hard time and the whole time and stuff. And, and I'm not going to lie, Bailey's pretty uh, decent on commentary. She's not too bad. Um, is she is she Michael Cole or Pat McAfee? No, but she's pretty good. She's all right. She's pretty entertaining. Um, so before we get to the match, we have a little backstage uh, segment between uh, Roman, the Usos, and Sami Zayn. Now, I'm not sure where they're headed with this story. This is kind of interesting. Like, you almost get the sense that Sami, like, I'm almost not believing that Sami is this naive. You know, like, I think Sami has something up his his sleeve. Like, I don't want to think that Sami is playing the complete innocent... uh, you know, cause he was making the signs of, you know, I like to get in people's head and stay there and all that stuff. And could he mean that, you know, even though he was, even though everybody thought he was talking about Drew McIntyre, do we think maybe somehow he was actually talking about Roman and the Usos is he's getting in their head and trying to kind of, you know, play them for a loop or whatever, you know what I mean? And at the same time, I think Roman and the Usos are kind of humoring Sami Zayn by kind of making him feel like he's part of the bloodline. But in the in the end, there's not going to be a very nice plan for him in the end. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, and like I said, there's always ru- there's always been rumors here in the last few weeks that Kevin Owens is going to somehow play into this story, and Kevin and Sami are going to be a tag team, and they're the, going to be the ones that upset the Usos and take their titles away. But I wonder how they're going to build that. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like I said, Kevin is on Raw, Sammy's on SmackDown. I just wonder how they're going to do that. Um, I would like to see it. Definitely, I would like to see it. But I want to see what the buildup is going to be. And knowing that Triple H is in charge of creative, I, I kind of, you know, as history would say, I think Kevin uh, Triple H would kind of do a pretty good job of building this story. So we'll see what happens. Um, so then, of course, we get to the semifinal tag team match. Uh, between Raquel and Alia and Sonia and Natalia. I'll be honest with you, even though this was a it was an okay match, it was a decent match, but it was less exciting, believe it or not, than the fatal four way tag team match. Like I feel like it was almost a little bit of a letdown. And that's not really to say that it was Raquel, Aaliyah, Sonia and Natalia's fault, but it was just like it felt less I mean, even 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 though it was more important, it was four to whoever goes to the final it just seemed like it was a less exciting match to me. I don't know, just my opinion. I'm not I'm not like I said I'm not saying it was a bad match. It was just it was just less impactful, I would think, or less exciting than the first match with the Fatal 4-Way. I guess maybe it was because of all the high spots in the first match and um not a really a whole lot of high spots in this match. Uh like I said, not a bad match, but um you know, the the whole thing is is that you know, the whole thing that the women are talking about, I think even Sonya and Natalia mentioned it in their promo, and I think a few of the other ladies have mentioned it. You know, it feels like Raquel is the team for Raquel and Leah, and that Leah doesn't really pull her weight, and she's just kind of riding Raquel's uh, coattails. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't think Leah's a bad wrestler. Like I think, uh, I think she's she's definitely. I, I I almost don't know where that comes from. I mean, yeah, I know sometimes Raquel can seem dominant because I mean, look at her, look at her size, look at. Look at how dominant she looks. But 
Uh, I will say Aaliyah has hit some pretty decent spots. I mean, look at her match against Bailey on Monday. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad match at all. It was pretty good. Um, but like I said, that's the that's the beef around um, going around. And then, like I said, after Raquel and Aaliyah beat Sonya Deville, they have a brief stare down with Dakota and Io in preparation in a prelude to the match that's going to happen on Raw for the finals and the new and we'll have new women's tag team uh, champions uh, crowned. Now, the thing about this is, it, what's kind of funny is, you know, <laughs> I, I'm i I'm looking for the, you know, because it's obviously no big secret now that eventually uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to return. And I'm wondering when they're going to bring them back into the fold. And it almost seems like this is a perfect opportunity coming up on Raw this, pa- uh, this coming Monday that maybe somehow they're, you know involved in the result uh somehow maybe they come back this monday i I don't know like that would be an interesting interesting uh surprise for the uh go home episode for raw for clash of the castle um but also you know they could just wait and wait till the new tag team champions are crowned and then sasha and naomi just come back and say hey we you know, we'd never technically lost our titles. We gave up our titles and we should get, you know, a rematch for the titles. And then, you know, who knows who they'll put on them then. So, uh, we'll just have to see what happens on that. Um, so then we get a segment between maximum male models, hit row, street profits, Angel and Umberto, a lot of people involved in this next segment. And it was just kind of a silly segment. You know, they have, you know, maximum male models with Max Dupree uh, Max Dupree, sorry, I don't know how you say it. Maxine Dupree and all them uh, doing a photo shoot, and then all of a sudden you hear the music of Hit Row on this big bus and everything. And then uh, Angel and Umberto come up and they say, "Well, you know, we can play a prank." And they start spray painting the bus. And then Hit Row says, "It's not their bus; it's actually the Street Profits bus." And I, I don't know. I mean, I know they're going to start kind of probably a storyline between these all these groups, and we'll see what what goes on. But it was just like I don't know. It was, I think I think it was honestly more for comic relief than it was for anything. So we'll just see if there's any real direction into it. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, supposedly, I think they're supposed to have a match next Friday too um, for uh, for SmackDown before Clash of the Castle. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so then we have the New Day show up um, to, uh, to go in the ring and talk about, you know, the Viking Raiders having their funeral last week, putting them to rest and everything. And, and, you know, obviously they give off the impression that they're down and beaten and, you know, obviously, uh, Xavier Woods is still in a wheelchair and all that stuff. And, and, you know, from the point that this segment started, I knew there was something up because it's the, it's the new day, the new day, (laughs) the news day just is like that. They, they, uh, even though it, and it doesn't even matter whether they're good guys or they're heels, they're really good at pranking people, right? So as soon as the Viking Raiders came down, I said something's up, you know, something's up. And as soon as they took the, you know, as soon as, uh, you know, Xavier Woods stood up and took the kendo sticks from under his blanket on his on his, uh, I said, yep, I knew it. They were baiting them in. They were baiting them in. And like I said, they gave the Viking Raiders a beaten, and I think uh, they're going to have another match. Uh, next next week on SmackDown before Clash of the Castle. So we'll see, have to see how that goes. Uh, so I kind of knew how that was going to go. It was, y- you didn't think that New Day was just going to come to the ring and just kind of self-loathe and all that stuff. And then the Viking Raiders come out and I mean, it, it, there just couldn't be anything to that, you know? So, uh, so pretty good segment. I'm not gonna lie. Pretty good segment. 
And then you had the main event, Drew McIntyre uh, against Sami Zayn. Pretty good match. I Like I said, I think Sami Zayn is underrated for his in-ring work. I think he uh, he's a very good in-ring performer. Um, he gave, he definitely gave Drew McIntyre a match. Uh, very, uh, v- I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was a pretty decent match. And like I said, Drew McIntyre ended up winning with a Claymore. Um, and then after the match, um, I know in some of the results that I read online, uh, they said Drew, uh, the bloodline laid out Drew McIntyre. I, I think <laughs> they literally destroyed Drew McIntyre would probably be a better, uh, description. I mean, he showed pictures of what his back and everything looked like after that attack and after, you know, that beatdown that he took from from Roman and the Usos. And I don't even know, I don't even think Sammy was involved in the beatdown, but Sammy was part of that thing that was, you know, raising their hands in victory afterwards. But um, but I don't think he was actually part of the beatdown. So, yeah, so uh, Roman Roman and the Bloodline totally, uh, totally beat down Drew McIntyre. So... You know, and I've seen in 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 past uh, you know past storylines that are being built up that you know usually the the superstar that ends up taking the most beatdowns before their match is usually the one that ends up winning. Now I won't say that's usually followed to par lately because you know they want I guess WWE doesn't want to become too predictable. But like I said, just the way they're playing this, I just feel like you know. Um, I just feel like, you know, they're playing up to Drew beating Roman at Clash of the Castle. Uh, so, I don't know. Will it happen? I, I actually hope it does happen. Like I said, I'm I'm ready for... And it's and it's oddly enough that next, um, next Friday for the, for the Go Home episode of SmackDown, they're actually going to be celebrating uh, Roman's two-year anniversary of becoming Universal Champion, or, you know, Champion is, I guess, is what they're calling it, because it's the Universal Championship he's held for more than two years, not the WWE Championship. He just won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania this year. So, um, so that's, that's interesting that they're celebrating the two-year anniversary, and maybe that's where they're gonna, that's where they're gonna end it. They're gonna say, okay, two years is gone, and, you know, we're gonna, we're going to we're going to go ahead and give Drew uh and 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 a lot of them have been talking about you know Drew never got his moment in front of the crowd. You know, he became WWE champion during the pandemic and there was no crowd to cheer him. And by the time there was crowds again to cheer him, he wasn't even champion anymore and he lost the WWE championship match at WrestleMania again uh to Bobby Lashley. So maybe I I really would like them to give Drew his moment uh that he never got during the pandemic. Uh, just because I feel like, you know, Drew's a pretty likable guy and I feel like, uh, he deserves that moment, you know? So, and what better way to get it in Cardiff, Wales, you know, basically just about in his homeland, you know? So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So basically that's the way SmackDown went off the air and, uh, next week's of course are going to be the go home episodes before Clash of the Castle. All right. So now we move into uncharted territory where we go to, uh, go to Rampage, AEW Rampage. So AEW Rampage is is a one-hour show, uh, but honestly, it, it's a pretty packed, uh, pretty action-packed one-hour, at least this one I just watched. Uh, like I said, this one was kind of fun as well as where Dynamite was, but I guess the only thing is is that I don't, like I said, I'm still not familiar with a lot of the stories, so I'm, I'm having to really get acclimated. So I felt... 
I only felt a little lost during Dynamite because Dynamite gave me two hours to kind of figure out a little bit of the feel, and I'll be honest with you, I'm still not 100% there. But with Rampage, you got to get the feel pretty quickly. And I don't know that I succeeded this Friday just because, you know, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts on Rampage, and I and I still haven't figured out who everybody is. I still haven't figured out what factions everybody's a part of. I've I've barely figured out who all the champions are, to be quite honest. I mean, unless I've heard who all the champions are. But so you know, bear with me in these next few weeks as I'm getting you know acclimated to the stories, acclimating to the characters. It's going to take me a little while, and I know some of my AEW fellow friend fans or whatever, you know. They're like, you know, I, I know I got a little bit of feedback from how I covered Dynamite. And, you know, I'm not saying that the person that told me this was wrong. But at the same time, I'm just like, look, you got to you got to give me a chance to get a feel for everything. I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to knock a home run out of the park when I just started watching this. You know, I, I've, I've got to get acclimated to it. And I'm and I'm hoping, like I said, the coverage will get better. I'm not really expecting my coverage of Rampage here to be to satisfy all AEW fans because, like I said, I don't know as much as you do. That's just the that's just the reality of it, and I have to get acclimated. I mean, like I said, and and like when I started watching WWE like twenty twenty three years ago, twenty four years ago, I was in the same boat. I was sitting there, like I said before, I was sitting there watching it. I didn't know any of the stories. I didn't know any of the characters. It took me a while. The only difference is, is I didn't have a podcast back then, so. <laughs> So I didn't have anything to really report and everything and, and, and give my feedback other than to my friends that I was in the service with. So, um, so it's a little bit different this go around, but like I said, I just be, just be patient. Just be, just have a little bit of faith. I'll get there. Like I said, I've just got to learn the stories. I got to learn all the moving parts and then everything will be better. All right. So without further ado, so we have this trios title tournament uh, going on. Uh, I think this time it's the, it, I think we're still in the quarterfinals and it's the dark order versus house of black dark order end up getting the win. Uh, pretty good match. Lots of good high spots action. Another thing that I was told was, you know, uh, I need to focus more on telling what the matches are about because it's not the slow stuff that goes on in WWE. Well, here's what I'll say to that. There are there on this episode of Rampage. There were a couple of tie-ups and slow big men moving around. So not all of it is high speed. Not all AEW is high speed. Will I say that AEW is more high speed than WWE right now? Absolutely. Yes, I would definitely say that. I'll, I will agree with that uh, testament. But you can't tell me that because you still have some big men in AEW. I mean, look at. Uh, uh, Claudio, Claudio Cast, Castanoli, is that how you pronounce his name? Anyway, Cesaro, who used to be Cesaro in WWE. He and Dustin Rhodes, the first move they used when they came out to, to do the match was a tie-up. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But like I said, I, will, I, will I definitely admit that AEW as a whole is faster than WWE? Yes, I will say that's definitely fat. They're definitely faster. But, um... But it's not all the time. It's not all the time. Like I said, you do have occasionally some wrestlers that uh, that are big men, and they do do the slow stuff and and you know s- stuff like that, which is not a problem because I like that. I like I like a little variety. I do, it, not every match has to be lightning fast. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I don't. Here's what I'll say on that: wrestling matches can be really great, but if if, if there's no story behind them, they're. I'm just telling you as a fan, in my opinion, they're not going to resonate with me. Okay, 
they're not going to resonate with me. I, I, yes. Am I still going to think it's an excellent wrestling match? Yes, I do. I will still think it's a great wrestling match. Lots of athletic ability by superstars. But am I going to be emotionally invested in the match if there's no story and there's no character? No, I'm not going to be. I'm just going to tell you up front, I'm not going to be. Am I saying that that's what go- what's going on with AEW? No. There's plenty of good stories going on in AEW, and you know I'll get into them. Some of them I've, you know, I've just got to get acclimated with, and that's why I'm a little... I guess I seem a little, le- I, and it's not that I don't, it's not that I have a lack of enthusiasm. Like I said, I'm just not knowledgeable as of right now. So I'll get there. So anyway, um, Dark Order ended up defeating House of Black um, with Miro, who used to be Rusev in WWE, uh, came down and cost House of Black the match by distracting them. Uh, like I said, very good match, but obviously a very controversial ending. Uh, I didn't understand Miro actually coming down by himself. I know he's a dominant force, but how did he expect that he was going to take on the House of Black by himself? Uh, so naturally, he got a beat down, and then Darby Allen and Sting make the save to Miro. I have no idea what the story is between Darby Allen and Sting and and the uh, House of Black. Uh, I know what was mentioned is, I believe, uh, Malachi Black, who used to be Aleister Black, uh, uh, in WWE, uh, he has a mist that he sprays in everybody's face, sort of like Tajiri used to do back in the day. And I know Sting, uh, they said Sting was one of the latest victims of the spray. So, cause they said his makeup was done in a different way and everything. And, and I saw it, it, it looked interesting. So, but I don't know as far as how long they've been in a story together, all that stuff. So hopefully down the road, I'll figure out what, what all this is going on. But like I said, dark order got the, uh, victory of house of black and they're going to meet, um, orange Cassidy and his, uh, faction or his team of the best friends or great friends. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, like I said, I'm having to learn all the, all the factions and all the stables too. Like there, there's a lot of stables in AEW. Um, and, uh, I've heard good things about Orange Cassidy. Haven't really seen him wrestle a whole lot, uh, but you know when I watch, uh, I believe this match will be on Rampage next week. I'll definitely check that out and and check out Orange Cassidy. Uh, so anyway, that's how that ends. That's how that segment ends. Uh, Darby Allen, Sting, kind of standing tall as House of Black is retreating. Um, so next we get a, uh, and I and I, like I said, I have no idea this story. I've heard of Hook. He's obviously the FTW champion. I looked up what FTW stands for. I'm not going to say it on my podcast, but if you guys want to look it up, you guys can look it up. Um, I've heard of Hook, and the one thing I know about Hook is his, is he is Taz's son. Um, but I have no idea what this uh, what this storyline is between him and Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Who Matt Menard and Angelo Parker? I have no idea who they are either. Uh, but they were, I guess, they were hinting at a match for the FTW championship. At some point, I don't know if it's at all out, um, but like I said, they had a little bit of a, uh, I do like Hook's character. He's kind of like carefree. He doesn't really care about anything. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, I heard what they had to say and I don't really care. And he just walked away (laughs) and it's kind of funny. So I do, I do like Hook's character. So hopefully I get to see a little bit more and I get, and I guess he's a man of few words, which is kind of cool for that kind of character. So definitely be checking it out in the future. Uh, the next match we have is Wardlow, who I've heard pretty good things about. Um, he uh, he defeated a man named Ryan Nemeth for the TNT Championship. It was basically a squash match, but I couldn't over I couldn't help but 
notice that Ryan Nemeth kind of looks like another superstar that I know about uh, that's currently in WWE. And honestly, believe it or not, it almost seems like a similar character as well. And obviously I'm talking about his brother, Nick Nemeth, who obviously plays Dolph Ziggler on uh, WWE uh, programming. So um, I won't say the characters are exactly alike, but uh, but what is he called? The Hollywood hunk? That's what Nick Nemeth is, or Ryan Nemeth is called, and and we all have obviously seen Dolph Ziggler's character over the years and stuff. So definitely not saying it's the exact same character, but definitely similarities in their characters. So, but anyway, this was a squash match by Wardlow, Wardlow uh, for the TNT Championship. Um, and while this is going on, Chris Sabin of the Motor City Machine Guns, Jay Lethal, Sonya Dutt, um, those three guys I know from Impact. Um, Alex Shelley, of course, was not there, who was the other half of uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Um, but I'm sure he's going to be at the obviously at All Out to wrestle because obviously they did say that the whole team of Motor City Machine Guns is going to be back. So we'll see how that goes. And Satnam, I guess that's his name, Satnam. Um, I, he's the big guy in that group. I don't really know a lot about him. Um, so hopefully I'll learn about him too. Uh, so evidently they were just standing at the top of the ramp, kind of, kind of, uh, scouting their opponent Wardlow, who's going to be teaming up with FTR, who used to be Dash and Dash and Dawson. Yeah. Dash and Dawson or the, uh, whatever their other name was in WWE. Um, they're going to be at the all out pay-per-view. Um, you want to talk about Clueless. So, on, so the next promo I see is Andrade El Idilio. I think that's how you pronounce it. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I have a hard time with pr- pronunciation sometimes. Um, he had a promo with a couple guys in the back. And, of course, you remember Andrade. He used to be in WWE. He's now married to Charlotte Flair. Um, I didn't understand this promo at all. I do not know the backstory. If some of you AD, AD, AEW fans wanted to school me on this, you can. Uh, I'm not. I know Andrade is an incredible wrestler, but like I said, I don't know anything about this storyline, so I'm not even going to comment on it because I really don't know. I didn't really understand the whole premise of it. Somebody was turning on somebody else's brother. I I don't know, but like I said, I'll learn it. I'll learn it. But if you guys want to school me before then, that's fine. Um. A lot of squash matches in this in this episode. So now you have Powerhouse Hobbs, who of course we heard uh, Ricky Starks talking about on Dynamite. Uh, apparently they got a little thing going on, and they're going to meet at All Out. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs defeated a guy named Ashton Day, who I don't know who that is, in a squash match. I mean, it was over before it even started. And this guy named QT Marshall and his faction, The Factory, attack Ricky Starks backstage as a favorite of Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't know what that was all about. Um, I don't know if Powerhouse, I don't know if QT Marshall is trying to recruit Powerhouse Hobbs or something like that. But like I said, as I watch more, I will figure out what's going on. But that was my, that was my kind of, my conclusion is they were trying to work out a deal with Powerhouse Hobbs, maybe to join, join forces with him or something, but we'll see. Um, now, of course, the next promo is obviously a young lady I've been hearing a lot about, Jade Cargill. Uh, she is obviously the TBS champion. Champion. She has actually been the only TBS champion since she won the tournament back in January. I didn't know about that. Uh, hopefully you all are impressed with that, even though I haven't been watching. But, of course, she's been all over social media. So I knew when she won the title and, and all that stuff. So that was a little... You know, unless you're living under a rock, he probably knew that. And you, if you're, unless you were living under a rock and you really despised wrestling and didn't watch it, um, you wouldn't know that Jade Cargill was the TBS champion. 
So she's going to be obviously taking on Athena, who used to be Ember Moon in WWE, uh, as an all-out match for the TBS champion. I don't know if Athena maybe is, you know, Jade's, uh, you know, most uh, challenging uh, challenger. I, that was a, probably a bad choice of words. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be her biggest match yet to date, so we'll have to see what happens. Like I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to even watch it all out. So, uh, But like I said, hopefully I'll be able to follow it online or something, at least with the results. Um, but evidently they had a confrontation, um, and like I said, the match was made official for All Out. Um, so then this one really confused me. So I just saw this guy and uh, Angelo Parker in a in a promo with uh, you know the what was the guy's Matt Menard, and they were talking about Hook. And now all the now I see him come out with Ortiz and Ruby Soho for their match against Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello, who is the new. Uh, new formed married couple right now. And this was actually one of the best matches of the night. This had a lot of action in it. Uh, great match. Uh, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara is pretty, uh, pretty amazing with all his, uh, high moves, high, high spots, everything. Um, Ruby said to Soho had some impressive stuff going on. Ortiz, Ty Mello, she, they all had it going on in that match. It was a great match. And Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello ended up winning the match because, Anna Jay came down, who is the new heel, because uh, she's good friends with Ty Mello, and they're all part of the same group now, which I believe is the Jericho Appreciation Society. I believe so. Um, and she came down and interfered, interfered in the match and kind of in, indirectly helped uh, Sammy and Ty win. So, uh, But, again, this was a great match, despite the interference. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good match. I was actually invested in this match pretty much. So, um, uh, and then... I don't know. They were hyping this CM Punk footage from the match on Dynamite because by by all we know is you know CM Punk lost the uh, title to um, what's that? What's his name? Uh, John Moxley on Wednesday to become uh, for John Moxley to become undisputed champion, and uh, so so basically they had they said they had they had some footage you know some exclusive footage from you know after the match and stuff and all he was doing was he was talking about his foot and how it felt the same way that when he broke it and that was pretty much all there was to the footage so i don't, I don't know like i like i said i hope his foot's okay i hope he hope he still gets to wrestle but uh you know obviously i don't want him to be injured but like i said that was less than uh I don't know. I I guess I was like getting ready to say that's it. That's all the footage was. I, and you know, it wasn't really that impressive in my opinion. As much as they were hyping, I think they overhyped it uh in my opinion. So, but like I said, hope he's okay. Hopefully he and John Mox are going to mix it up again at all out and we'll see what happens. And then of course, the last match of the night was for the Ring of Honor Championship uh Claudio Castanoli, hopefully I said that right, uh who used to be Cesaro in WWE. Uh, taking on Dustin Rhodes, of course, who's been around for a while. Um, Claudio had William Regal and Wheeler Utah, I guess. I don't know. I know, of course, who William Regal is. I don't know who Wheeler Utah is. I'll have to figure out that. And then Dustin Rhodes had Arn and Brock Anderson. I don't know. I I don't know of what relation Brock is to Arn, but I'm sure they're related. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I can, you know, do research on that. I wasn't sure because... Uh, you know, obviously that's the that's the Anderson family, so we'll have to see. I'll have to see who they how they relate to each other. 
And like I said, Claudio beat Dustin in a very good match for the Ring of Honor Championship. Uh, and I'm wondering what's going to go further with Ring of Honor because I've heard, uh, you know, some rumors that AEW is going to be starting a new uh, wrestling show, you know, in-ring action show lately. And I wonder if that's what's coming. Maybe it's the new Ring of Honor uh, wrestling show that's going to be on every week for the for the guys wrestling in the Ring of Honor uh, uh, prom- promotion. So we'll have to see what happens there. So anyway, not a not a bad uh, not a bad first episode for me to cover for Rampage. Um, like I said, I feel like <laughs> I feel like there were a, too many squash matches for an hour. Like I said, Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Wardlow getting uh, squash matches that was kind of I don't know. I, it was just kind of weird for me. Like I've I I only like to see squash matches every once in a while, and usually I like to be surprised by them, not uh, not expecting them and I kind of expected these and so uh you know I don't know it, it was just something that, that wasn't really uh wasn't really appealing to me it, it for the most part but like I said other than that um pretty pretty good show not a, not a bad show at all um pretty pretty decent uh, I'm looking forward to watching you know next week's dynamite next week's uh uh rampage in preparation for all out next weekend so hopefully uh hopefully we'll have a good second week as well um so anyway, that's going to about do it for Rampage. Um, so a little housekeeping here. Let's just talk about it. Uh, go to the website, www.stswrestling.com. You can, that's your one-stop shop for all the episodes on the podcast. Uh, you can listen to all of them. Um, you don't have to, that, that way you don't have to look for it, you know, on Apple Podcasts because it's pretty much everywhere. I mean, pretty much you can find the episodes anywhere, but that's your shortcut place to go, and you can even listen to them on that site as well. Uh, if you want to email me for any reason, it's garland at stswrestling.com. Uh, you can talk to me about anything about wrestling. I, you know, even you can talk about the podcast, you can talk about most anything. Um, if you want to come to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash setting the stage wrestling. Uh, come join us. We have a lot of fun on that site. We have a lot of discussions. I po- post news stories all the time. Sometimes I do polls, um, ask questions, Sometimes I do videos, most, you know, pretty much everything. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, for social media, uh, you can follow me. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was going to start putting my Facebook out there, but I don't really think, t- I don't really need to, not because of really privacy issues, but because I don't really use my Facebook. The only thing I use it for is so I have a personal profile so I can run a Facebook group. So I don't really do anything on my Facebook, so you're not really missing anything. But just in case, it's at Beardy Wrestling Jester. Uh, my Instagram and TikTok are at STS Wrestling, and my Twitter and Twitch are at STS Wrestling dot pod. Or I'm sorry, at STS Wrestling Pod. So, uh, and then YouTube, it's setting the stage STS Wrestling channel. If you want to follow the YouTube, YouTube hasn't started, but hopefully uh, for the next episode, which is episode 100, hopefully the YouTube uh, portion is going to debut. We hope. Um, and then of course, as always, you know, just because it's the podcast right now, subscribe, rate and review, you know, I'm always a fan of feedback, uh, whether it's positive or negative. I just, I just appreciate if it's constructive, if it's negative, you know, uh, if you, if you think I suck, just tell me why you think I suck. You know what I mean? Uh, and vice versa. If you think I'm good, tell me why you think I'm good. Tell me what you, tell me what you like about what I do. So, uh, so anyway, real simple. So Anyway, uh, so now the big question is, what am I going to do for episode 100? Because obviously that's a monumental episode. Am I going to go to video? Am I going to do, you know, something different and 
kind of go audio and video. So I haven't quite figured it out. So I don't know if there's going to be a delay in me getting out episode 100 just because I got to think about what I need to do. And of course, you know, I'm still, as you can still hear, the intro and the outro are still a work in progress. So I got to get that figured out as well. So hopefully there won't be too much of a delay as I'm putting everything together. Because uh, like I said, I'm not very strong with audio and probably not with video either. So it might take a, me a little time to figure out something. And I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to go live for episode 100. But like I said, it might be video, so I might be just doing recordings. So um, so with I with having said that, um, uh, until next time, I will talk to you guys later.